friends, your old pal Billy Shoemate here, and welcome back to another episode of Strange Places, episode 66. Can you believe it? Man, that's something. Pretty cool. <laughs> it makes me happy that you guys have stuck around this long, that we're still around. We've uh, pretty much shattered all of the stereotypical podcasts only last this long thing. So everything from here on out is just gravy, right? <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. So with this last one, which I had a lot of fun doing, by the way, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I made, uh, as much as I did making it. It's kind of a nice little break, not having to do gobs and gobs of research. But <laughs> anyway, we're back to it. And I got to thinking after I recorded the Earth Sound Loot episode, I got to thinking, I wonder if there's any cursed albums or I wonder if there's any haunted albums or haunted songs you know anything like that and I I was just you know you have these ideas sometimes and you're like okay you know put that in the back of my mind put that on the back burner you know what have you and uh, it just won't go away <laughs> it consumes everything and I, I just couldn't get it out of my head and I thought man what a cool idea for an episode so in my research, I found little things here and there that we may revisit later, but nothing jumped out at me. And this idea was really, you know, it was really getting to me. It's like, man, I want to do something like this. And I found two little words on a forum on Reddit talking about uh, some guy actually posted looking for what I was looking for. Do you know of any haunted or cursed songs slash albums? And everybody on this forum kept talking about this Hungarian suicide song. Yeah, Hungarian suicide song. I was like, okay. You, you had me at hello here. You know, I'm, I am intrigued. And then I find throughout my research that there's a song called Gloomy Sunday. So on this episode of Strange Places, I guess we're going into... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to jump into the grooves of a 78 RPM single, right? <laughs> it's called Gloomy Sunday. It's also known as the Hungarian Suicide Song. It's a popular song composed by Hungarian pianist and composer Reso Serez. I am so sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. I, I, there's no way I can pronounce that. Wait, let's, uh, <laughs> for once, let's see if we can look up a phonetic spelling of this. Cerez, Reso Cerez. Yeah, there's just no getting that right. So I do apologize if I butchered that. It was published in 1933. The original lyrics were titled, titled uh, Vege uh, Valignac. Wow, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> the world is ending. And it was about despair caused by war, ending in a quiet prayer about people's sins. A poet... His name was Laszlo Yavor, wrote his own lyrics to the song entitled Samazu Vnarzap. It was us, called Sad Sunday, in which the protagonist wants to commit suicide following his lover's death. The latter lyrics ended up becoming more popular, while the former were essentially forgotten. The song was first recorded in a Hungarian, you know, it's, it's Hungarian, pop singer Pal Kamlar in 1935. Gloomy Sunday was first recorded in English by Hal Kemp in 1936, 
with lyrics by Sam M. Lewis and was recorded the same year by Paul uh, Robeson with lyrics by Desmond Carter. Yeah, the Desmond Carter. It became well known throughout uh, much of the English-speaking world after the release of the version that I kept finding, jazz singer Billie Holiday, 1941. She's actually synonymous with this song, even though it's not hers. Lewis's lyrics referred to suicide, and the record label described it as the Hungarian suicide song. There's, while we're talking about it here today, there is a recurring legend, shall we say, it claims that a lot of people have committed suicide while listening to this song, particularly Hungarians, that this song is known to cause people to commit suicide. A little bit of background here. The song was composed by Rezo Ceres while living in Paris in an attempt to become established as a songwriter. This was late 1932. The original music composition was a piano melody in C minor. The lyrics were sung over it as any other song of the time. Serez wrote the song at the time of the Great Depression and increasing fascist influence in the writer's native Hungary. We know what was going on there. Famine, everything. Although sources differ as to the degree in which his song was motivated by personal melancholy rather than you know, concerns about the state of the world at the time. Regardless, the basis of the lyrics is still a, I would say, a reproach to the injustices of man a prayer to God to have mercy on the modern world and the people who perpetuate evil. There's some suggestions that the words Vege el Vagnac were in fact not written until World War II itself and not copyrighted until 1946. It, the original writer had a lot of difficulty finding a publisher, as I, you can imagine, mainly due to the unusually melancholy nature of the song, which was, uh, if you look at the lyrics, pretty unusual even now. That's pretty heavy. One potential publisher stated back then, and I quote, It is not that the song is sad. There is a sort of terrible, compelling despair about it. I don't think it would do anyone good to hear a song like this. It was published as sheet music, actually, in 1933. The lyrics by the poet who was inspired by a recent, he was uh, inspired by a recent breakup with his fiance, nasty breakup. Now, according to most sources, the poet rewrote the lyrics after the song's first publication, although he's sometimes described as the original writer. I had a lot of trouble with this <laughs> researching it myself, and I find, found out that that's completely erroneous. He is not the original writer. His lyrics contained no political sentiments, but rather there was like a, a lament for the death of a beloved and a pledge to meet with the lover again in the afterlife. This version of the song became the best known that's why people are saying, oh, he's the original writer. And then when Billie Holiday did it, she became kind of synonymous with that song, too. Research on this, on Gloomy Sunday, was uh, pretty difficult. It uh, kind of became its own little iceberg after a while. <laughs> this version of the song, this one, became the best known at the time. And most later rewritings are based around the idea of lost love. And uh, just in the effort of potentially keeping my audience safe, I'm not going to read the lyrics, <laughs> look them up, because we haven't determined if this thing is legit or bunk yet. There's been a lot of legends regarding this thing over the years, mostly involving it being allegedly connected with various high numbers of suicides, an unusual high number. Radio networks 
have banned the song outright in a lot of countries, including this one in the U.S. where I'm sitting right now, has banned this song at one point. A lot of people say these claims are unsubstantiated, but we'll just look at it how it is, right? That's what we do on this show. Press reports in the 1930s associated at least 100 suicides, 100, both in Hungary and in the U.S., with Gloomy Sunday, but most of the deaths supposedly linked to it are uh, murky to verify at best. The urban legend appears to be, for the most part, what some people say, an embellishment of the high number of Hungarian suicides that occurred in the decade when the song was composed due to factors, like I said, famine, poverty. No studies have drawn a clear link between the song and suicide. Now, I need to emphasize no uh, official studies. People have done studies and found alarming numbers here. Enough to say, okay, what's going on? You know, freaky amount. On the 11th of January, 1968... About 35 years after writing the song, its composer took his own life. And that's just one of many. The BBC banned Billie Holiday's version of the song from being broadcast at all as being detrimental to wartime morale, but allowed performances of instrumental versions. However, there is little evidence, uh, not a lot of evidence of any other radio bands. The BBC's ban was lifted in 2002. But... I did find that multiple countries, including this one, have a habit of banning it, releasing it, banning it, only saying, okay, only certain versions, banning it, releasing it. They're very flip-floppy with this song. It's pretty bizarre. The song's notoriety, it contributed a lot of artists (laughs) to record this song. And just to give you, this is my short list here. I mean, there are so many artists that recorded this thing. Uh, I'm just going to kind of glance through it here because this will seriously take me about 10 minutes to read all the versions that I found. It's nuts. Going all the way back to 1935. So, uh, let's see, 1940, Artie Shaw. 1941, Billie Holiday. Uh, 1958, Ricky Nelson. We have 1961, Sarah Vaughn. Lou Rawls, 1962. Stan Kenton, 1967. Ray Charles. Yeah, 1969. Now, not the UK progressive rock band as in Phil Collins' Genesis, but I'm talking about the LA psychedelic rock band Genesis, 1968. Etta Jones, 1977. Elvis Costello, 1981. Yeah, I can keep going. Me as a musician, see, I, I'm a, I hate it. I, I consider it pretentious, and it just makes me cringe when people say, oh, I have a vast you know, knowledge of music, or I listen to everything. Usually people who say that don't, you know, but uh, as a musician, man, I hate to be one of those people, but it's kind of my job to study everything, you know, to know how to play as many different genres as I can. And I just, you know, I was brought up to be professional as a drummer and be able to hang, you know, with any gig that I get. And I've never heard of this song and the staggering number of artists who have covered this thing. Maybe I might have heard about this song at one point when I saw the title, something kind of flashed back at me, but nothing that really jumped out and said, oh yeah, Gloomy Sunday. Want me to keep going? <laughs> Peter Wolf, 1984. Dead Milkman, 1987. Abby Lincoln, 1987. Marianne Faithful, 1987. Sinead O'Connor, 1992. Man, this is crazy. John Williams. Yeah, the John Williams. He actually put it in Schindler's List, 1994. 
Wow. Sarah McLaughlin, 1996. Jeez. Bjork, one of my favorite artists, 1999. Man. 2000, Ricky Nelson, legacy album, Ricky Nelson. Uh, Priscilla Chan, 2003. Jeez. Mickey Baker, 06. Wow. Man, this list just keeps going and going and going. I see why I didn't write it down now. I just wrote down the link to it. <laughs> I, like I said, I do a lot of this research at like 3, 4 in the morning. I probably looked at this one. No, I'm not writing all this down. And it just keeps going. There's a lot of artists here that I just, you know, not to, not to say that nothing they do is of merit. It's just that either I cannot pronounce these names or I'm not familiar with, you know, who this artist is. Oh, Paul Bearer. Yeah, they, uh, the band Paul Bearer, 2010. They put it on their demo. Wow. And this goes all the way to this year, 2022. That's crazy. A highly fictional version of the song's origin is at the heart of the 1999 German-slash-Hungarian-filled film. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll tell you the English version. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Gloomy Sunday, A Song of Love and Death. 1999 German-Hungarian film. I think I said film wrong a second ago, but we don't edit here, do we? The song's lyrics are featured in the bridge of the Dead Milkman song, Blood Orgy of the Atomic Fern. Nice title. The song inspired the 06 movie, The Kovac Box, in which a writer is trapped on the island of Mallorca with people who are injected with a microchip that causes them to take their own lives when they hear the song, Gloomy Sunday. The song plays during the movie, actually, sung by the actress in the film. Music video from the cover was released as part of the movie promotion. The song also features on the soundtrack of Wrist Cutters, a love story performed by Artie Shaw. An 08 Belgian artist used a sample of Gloomy Sunday in her work, A Natural Morning. Man, it just keeps going and going and going. Wow. It's been in films. Wow. The song appeared on the associate second studio album Sulk, released in 1982. Oh, okay, I see why this is notable. Okay, I'll say this again then. A cover of the song appeared on the associate's second album, Sulk, released on the 14th of May, 1982. Lead vocalist Billy McKenzie took his own life on the second of, uh, 22nd of January, 1997. So this album came out 14th of May, 82, that had that song on it. Lead vocalist Billy McKenzie took his own life on the 22nd of January, 1997. What I want to do is do a little bit of a deeper dive as we're recording here. I want to see not only how this urban legend perpetuated, like what really made people start raising their eyebrows and saying, okay, there's something here. But I want to see the purported suicides that they could verify broken down as much as possible. And I had a couple of links saved, so let's see if we can, right here as we're recording, because I like to save a lot of the research for this just to get some, you know, natural reactions. I want to see if we can do a deeper dive on the suicides themselves. Okay, I'm seeing the song Gloomy Sunday was connected to many suicides in Hungary. The song Gloomy Sunday was banned in Hungary because of its connection to many suicides. The song Gloomy Sunday was banned in America because of its connection to many suicides, the composer wrote the song for a former girlfriend who committed suicide shortly after the song's release. The composer himself committed suicide. Now, let's get a little background. And 
want to get something in a little bit more detail. Here we go. I'm seeing something with a little bit more detail here. Gloomy Sunday, written in 1933 by two Hungarians. Song supposedly drew little adverse attention until 1936 when it began to be connected with a rash of suicides in Hungary and was allegedly banned there. American musicians and singers soon jumped at the chance to record instrumental and translated versions of the quote-unquote Hungarian suicide song. And by the end of 1936... Several recordings were available to American audiences. The Billie Holiday version, recorded several years later, was probably the most popular English-language version of Gloomy Sunday. Up to 17 suicides were purportedly linked in some way to the song Gloomy Sunday in Hungary before the song was allegedly banned. Actually, I'm seeing some pretty hardcore evidence here that it was banned by at least a few radio stations. These links included people who reportedly killed themselves after listening to the song, either from a recording or performed by a band, or who were said to have been found dead with references to Gloomy Sunday in their suicide notes, with Gloomy Sunday sheet music in their hands, or with Gloomy Sunday playing on gramophones. Now, I don't know if any of these claims could be verified short of paging through old Hungarian newspapers. I mean, even then, it'd be difficult at this late date to kind of separate exaggerated, you know, I can't, why can't I say the word exaggerated? Exaggerated and fabricated reports, you know, from legit ones. I suspect uh, that this portion of the legends is trivially true, maybe? A combination of Hungary's, you know, like, it had a huge suicide rate and the assumption of a casual rather than a coincidental relationship between the song and suicides that caused rumors and, you know, media reports to be greatly exaggerated. Why I say that? Well, because Hungary, actually, it has the highest suicide rate of any country. It had one for a long time, as high as uh, 45.9 per 100,000 in 1984. 45.9 per 100,000 in 1984. That's huge. So a few dozen suicides there over a year's time certainly wouldn't have been unusual even in 1936, nor is it at all uncommon for suicides to work something from popular songs or books or films into their deaths, right? Only when one popular song was coincidentally linked to a sufficient number of suicides to draw attention to all the suicides in which it played a part did people start to claim that it was somehow the cause of these deaths. Many claims are made about the reaction to Gloomy Sunday by Hungarian authorities from discouraging public performance of the song to an outright ban. I'm seeing no reliable information about when, where, or by whom the song might have been banned in one form or another. Even during my research, this was extremely hard to do, if not impossible. My guess, based on similar legends, would be that some Hungarian municipalities may have instituted some types of restrictions, but there was no, what I'm seeing, nationwide ban. Now, what I'm wondering about Okay, based on the research notes that I have and what I'm seeing here in front of me, the claims about American reaction to the song are even crazier, if you can believe that. Some sources claim that no Gloomy Sunday-inspired suicides were reported in the USA at all, while others attribute the case of suicide up to 200 worldwide in both the USA and Britain to the English-language version, including young jazz fans who became depressed after hearing Billie Holiday's version. Likewise, while some sources say that there were no restrictions whatsoever placed on the song in the U.S., others claim that it was banned from the airwaves. 
and that I can confirm at least the same thing with Hungary, really, that uh, there are radio stations here and there that were banning it. Uh, that's weird. Sometimes the ban is said to have been directed at a particular version of the song, such as Billie Holiday's recording of it. Some sources even claim that a sort of compromise ban was enacted as many radio stations played only the instrumental version of it. The girlfriend who inspired the song committed suicide claims kind of sound like an embellishment of the basic language. Like, you know what I mean? Ugh. That one's hard to verify, man. I'll, I mean, I'll, in my research, I only found one source that mentioned it. Just one. It claimed that the writer wrote the song for a former girlfriend. And that shortly after its release, she committed suicide and left behind a note simply reading Gloomy Sunday. It's very apocryphal. Now, Reso Ceres did indeed commit suicide. He jumped from a Budapest building in 1968. This portion of the legend also appears to have been embellished a bit, actually, with some sources claiming that he was depressed because he'd never been able to produce another hit after Gloomy Sunday, which still, you know, ties it to Gloomy Sunday. But, I mean, uh, man, a lot of this verification is pretty murky at best. It seems that the more I researched, even now, the more I try to dig into it, the more I find a lack of a trail, a paper trail, any kind of trail. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is extremely hard to verify. And it kind of sounds to me like, I mean, at the time, Hungary was going through some major stuff. We're talking famine, poverty, and it's a really depressing song. I mean, who's to say that maybe it was... I'm 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 not one for censorship, you know. I, I'm I'm just not. But could it have been a little irresponsible for an artist to release a song that was this melancholy, considering what was going on at the time? I'll leave that to you, because that's that's been a debate, you know, with this whole thing. But I I don't think so. I think artists should not have to fear that. Artist just makes art. That's what it is. And the world just, you know, they, they decide what they want to do with it. It To the artist, and I think to the vast majority of people who are exposed to the art, I think it's more helpful than it is detrimental to mental health. I think art does more good for the mind than bad. But they're, you know, it's, I mean, you know, that's kind of an old adage, right? That's been a topic of debate for a long time. Should we get rid of this certain kind of art because it tends to make depressed people further down that rabbit hole? I don't agree with that. I think the large majority of art, whether it's melancholy, depressing, horrific or not, I think it does more good for the mind than bad and for the artists themselves. I mean, imagine what it would be like if these artists were not able, I'm talking about everything, painters, you know, sculptors, musicians, everything. Imagine what it would be like if they were not able to release these negative feelings in themselves, whether they themselves are depressed or going through stuff. Imagine if they were not able to do that. You talk about a suicide rate. Art gets us through. You know what I mean? Music gets us through. And I mean, if you're, see, it's a, it's a touchy thing to talk about. 
this is a very difficult song to listen to. It's like I said, it's very dark. Even now, if this if this song was released now, and in some cases it has been right, it's still covered by artists. It's uh, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff. You should listen to it, but <laughs> can I morally uh, recommend that? You know, can I do that? Is this thing cursed? Really, the kind of verdict that I'm going to give it, I, I don't think so. I mean, I'm seeing nothing is jumping out at me that's really saying, oh, man, there's something paranormal going on here. You know, there's nothing to prove that this song has outwardly made people commit suicide. Now, in order to debunk something, we have to prove that it absolutely isn't true. We have to have proof that it's not true, right? We don't really have that, so we can't debunk it. Well, we can't prove it either. Unfortunately, we have to throw this into the uh, requires further study bin, as much as I don't want to do that. <laughs> this one feels just totally debunked to me. I mean, there's if it was, if we had more of a paper trail, could we verify it anyway? Hungary was going through a lot at the time. And it seems that all of the people that, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about suicide, if this is even crossing your mind, then a song like this, I hate to say it, really isn't going to help matters any. But that kind of depends, doesn't it? Some people hear stuff like this and they think to themselves, oh man, you know, somebody's going through the same thing that I'm going through. I get this person. I understand. And it gets them through things. Some people, this will push them right over the edge. But... That's what that's kind of like what what this sounds like to me. If in fact that gloomy Sunday has caused this amazing number of suicides, it just seems to me that these people were in that mindset anyway. And I don't want to blame Gloomy Sunday for pushing them over the edge. A song like that probably didn't help certain people any. You know what I mean? That's another thing that makes this topic very touchy is because you don't want to blame the art for it. It's not the art's fault. But at the same time, you don't want to say, oh, these people were, you know, probably planning on doing it. They were depressed already. And this song, you know, it's a touchy thing. So I think staying on track here, <laughs> we need to say, is this song Gloomy Sunday Paranormal? Is there something going on here? And I don't see it. I really don't see it. Do we have evidence to debunk it? No, no. We don't have anything solid. To say, no, this is not true. People were going through a lot when this thing came out. In the jazz era, Great Depression, after you know, all that. A lot of people going through things. And if you were to do that, like I said, some people put things from popular media into their suicide notes or whatever. I'm sure a lot of them made references to Gloomy Sunday. It was a very popular song of the time. I'm amazed that it was covered by as many artists as it has. And maybe later, I see, I just, I, I can't prove this, so I, I don't want to lean on bias, but the more I look into this, the more I see that it was the urban legend itself that, I'm not going to say caused suicides, but it's the urban legend itself and the nature of the song, it's just, it's uh, a... <laughs> Ugh, it just keeps swirling and swirling and swirling down. You can analyze this thing until the cows come home. And then you get into some pretty heavy issues like we're talking about here. Suicide, are people going to do it anyway? Does this kind of art help? Does it not help? I think it depends on the person. 
You just need to know what kind of person you are. If this is something that you're thinking about doing, maybe a song like Gloomy Sunday isn't the best tune to listen to, but you know you better than anybody else. You know what I mean? I'm just going to say, if you're looking for a way to not do it, if you're looking for some hope, if you're looking for a way out, you're going to, you're going to find it because you're hanging on to that. And I hate to say it, but if you're going to do it, you're going to do it whether you listen to Gloomy Sunday or not. It's a, it's a, it's a sad thing. And I don't want to pin, I just don't want to pin suicides on a song. It's a much deeper issue. You know what I mean? But yeah, I didn't want to tackle this one, <laughs> but I thought it was an interesting thing. And I was, you know, really wondering if there was something paranormal here. And if there was, I didn't want to miss it. It'd be an interesting thing to talk about on this show. I suffer from depression myself, severe depression. And I've had times where the big S word really did seem like it was an option, but it's not. It's not. And I'm glad that I didn't go down that route. My best friend committed suicide. This is true. My best friend committed suicide back in 2005. And the disaster that suicide leaves behind, what it does, is just horrible. I don't, I'm not mad at him for it. I don't hate him for it. But it's, it's, it, it's not a way out. It's not an option. And what it does to people, it just, it affects them forever. Gloomy Sunday, is this the real deal? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I mean, well, I shouldn't say no, right? Because we don't have any evidence to disprove it. And trust me, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm really looking. I mean, it's obvious. It's glaring at this point that we're not going to, we're not going to find anything that proves that this song causes people to kill themselves. Now, I will say that there's probably been quite a number of people that have either mentioned Gloomy Sunday in their letters or listened to it at the time or had some kind of link to Gloomy Sunday, but it's nothing to really scream out and say, oh, there's something paranormal here. You know what I mean? Actually, while I was sitting here recording this, I was thinking about something else, too, is that in this in the modern era, I wish I had the numbers to see this trend. As far as Gloomy Sunday goes, we're a lot more mindful of our mental health now. I don't know how it is in other countries. I don't know how it is in Hungary. I can only tell you as far as my little part of the world here, my little box that I live in in the U.S., right? We're a lot more mindful of mental health now. We're a lot more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're a lot more sensitive to it. And it's an important thing now. It's not overlooked. It's not one of those, like back in the era that we're talking about when Gloomy Sunday was at its peak, you know? Oh, you don't talk about certain things. No, that's weak. They'll, they'll put you in an asylum for that, you know, and they'll give you shock treatment. No, no, we don't talk about that because if you're suicidal, man, they're going to send you to a dark, dank place where the dripping of water and the screams of everybody else are going to keep you up all night and make you even crazier. I mean, that was a reality that some people were looking at. No, you're a man, you go to work, or you're a woman and you stay home. You know what I mean? You don't talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Taboo. Suicide's always been a thing. But I'm glad that in our modern era, 
it's way it's not that taboo doesn't even count it's not even a taboo thing anymore you know it's okay to have a therapist that doesn't mean you're crazy asylums are a thing of the past thank god and we have resources now and those resources are treated seriously right and speaking of resources there is i i, I have to say this because this is something that you know, uh, affects, let me look it up here, the hotline. This is something that affects me too. Like I said, I'm my, my best friend, you know, committed suicide back in 05. So if you know anybody that's had any kind of thoughts of suicide, anybody who is thinking about suicide, anybody that you might be, you know, severely depressed, something you might need some help yourself. You need to know somebody who might be struggling with suicidal thoughts. Call the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Okay, I'm not sponsored by them. It's just the fucking right thing to do. One eight hundred two seven three talk. Okay, one eight hundred two seven three talk. T a l k eight two five five. Anytime, day or night. Chat online. The crisis text line. Free twenty four seven confidential support via text message. Just dial 741-741, okay? Commit that to memory, 1-800-273-8255. Like I said, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. It's just that suicide affects us all. And all of us have had those thoughts, especially people like me who suffer from you know extremely bad depression. So, you know, anybody that might be struggling, give them that number, man. These people are there to help. They do care. And what's awesome is just to make it easier to remember, really all you got to do now is just dial 988. That's it, 988. It's been designated as a new three-digit dialing code that will route callers to that 1-800 number. So even easier to remember, 988. Also go on their website, 988lifeline.org, and they have a lot of resources on here for if you're experiencing suicidal thoughts yourself, youth, veterans, disaster survivors. I mean, no, uh, <laughs> there's no prejudice here at all. And also, they have resources for family members who are going through stuff like this too, warning signs to look out for. Suicide's not an option, guys, and it's just the right thing for me to point out that number. Okay. Very interesting episode. Hmm. What do you think about Gloomy Sunday? <laughs> I don't know if I should listen to it or not. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Billie Holiday. And uh, <laughs> as, as, even though I do suffer from depression, um, maybe, maybe I'll listen to it. Yeah, maybe I will. That's not going to cause anything. I got too much of a will to live. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will. I'll get up the courage to... Give it a listen. Maybe it's an awesome song. Who knows? But what do you think? Did I miss some huge piece of evidence that could have blown this whole thing apart? Let me know. Go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things no disclosure related. All the social media links are there, as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get everything from bonus episodes, giveaways of certain tiers, ad-free episodes, everything under the sun. So check it out. If that's up your alley. Shout out to the patrons, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel. Donald Haynes, David Peterson. Thank you very much. This podcast wouldn't even be around if it wasn't for you guys. I appreciate you. So, yep, that is it. We'll see you on the next one. Now, are we ever going to run out of strange places to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place. And maybe one day, we'll visit yours.
The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a music label for truly independent artists. They will distribute and share your music on every streaming platform the internet has to offer. And the best part is that you keep all of your royalties. In fact, DistroKid has made history, marking the first time that an artist on the charts made 100% of their earnings. This is the music industry's worst nightmare, giving indie artists complete control over their art. For only 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music, and with the split feature, you can split a percentage of the earnings to your bandmates. If you click the affiliate link in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year. But did I mention that after that, it's only 20 bucks a freaking year? I've been a musician for a long time. My music is heard all over the world, and yours should be too. Click the link in this episode's description to not only support Strange Places, but put control of your own music back into your hands. No contracts, no hidden clauses, no lovely coin men in their lovely, lovely suits. Thanks to DistroKid for being a sponsor and giving this old dog an audience. <laughs>